One of the Drummer or the Haunted House by Joseph Addison. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act One, a great hall. Enter the butler, coachman, and gardener. There came another coach to town last night that brought a gentleman to inquire about this strange noise we hear in the house. This spirit will bring a power of custom to the George. If so be he continues his pranks, I design to sell a pot of ale and set up the sign of the drum. I'll give madam warning. That's flat. I've always lived in sober families. I'll not disparage myself to be a servant in a house that is haunted. I'll e'en marry now and rent a bit of ground of me own if both of you leave madam not but that madam's a very good woman if mistress abigail did not spoil her come here's her health it's a very hard thing to be a butler in a house that is disturbed he made such a racket in the cellar last night that i'm afraid he'll sour all the beer in my barrels why then john we ought to take it off as fast as we can. Here's to you. He rattled so loud under the tiles last night that I verily thought the house would have fallen over our heads. I durst not go up into the cockloft this morning if I had not got one of the maids to go along with me. I thought I heard him in one of my bedposts. I marvel, John, how he gets into the house when all the gates are shut. Why, look ye, Peter. Your spirit will creep you into an auger hole. He'll whisk you through a keyhole without so much as justling against one of the wards. Poor madam is mainly frightened, that's certain, and verily believes tis my master that was killed in the last campaign. Out of all manner of question, Robin, tis Sir George. Mr. Abigail is of the opinion it can be none but his honor. He always loved the wars and you know he was mightily pleased from a child with the music of a drum i wonder his body was never found after the battle found why ye fool is not his body here about the house dost thou think he can beat his drum without hands and arms tis master as sure as i stand here alive and i verily believe i saw him last night in the town clothes ay how did he appear like a white horse Phew, robin i tell you he has never appeared yet but in the shape of the sound of a drum this makes one almost afraid of one's own shadow as i was walking from the stable t'other night without my lanthorn i fell across a beam that lay in my way and faith my heart was in my mouth i thought i had stumbled over a spirit thou mightest as well have stumbled over a straw why a spirit is such a little little thing that i have heard a man who was a great scholar say that he'll dance ye a lancashire hornpipe on the point of a needle as i sat in the pantry last night counting my spoons the candle methought burnt blue and the spade bitch looked as if she saw something ay poor cur she's almost frightened out of her wits ay i'll warrant you she hears him many a time and often when we don't my lady must have him laid that's certain 
whatever it cost her. I fancy when one goes to market, one might hear of somebody that can make a spell. Why may not the parson of our parish lay him? No, no, no. Our parson cannot lay him. Why not he as well as another man? Why, ye fool, he is not qualified. He has not taken the oaths. Why do you think, John, that the spirit would take the law of him? Faith, I could tell you one way to drive him off. How's that? I'll tell you immediately. Drinks. I fancy Mistress Abigail might scold him out of the house. Ay, she has a tongue that would drown his drum, if anything could. <sighs> this is all froth. You understand nothing of the matter. The next time it makes a noise, I tell you what ought to be done. I would have the steward speak Latin to it. Ay, that would do if the steward had but courage. There you have it. He's a fearful man. If I had as much learning as he, and I met the ghost, I'd tell him his own. But alack, what can one of us poor men do with a spirit that can neither write nor read? Thou art always cracking and boasting, Peter. Thou dost not know what mischief it might do thee if such a silly dog as thee should offer to speak to it. For aught I know, he might flay thee alive, and make parchment of thy skin to cover his drum with. Ah, fiddlestick, tell me not. I fear nothing, not I. I never did harm in my life. I never committed murder. I verily believe thee. Keep thy temper, Peter. After supper, we'll drink each of us a double mug. And then let come what will. Why, that's well said, John. An honest man that is not quite sober has nothing to fear. Here's to ye. Why, how if he should come this minute? Here would I stand. Oh, what noise is that? Ha! Where? The devil, the devil, oh no. "'Tis Mistress Abigail.' "'Aye, faith, tis she. "'Tis Mistress Abigail. <laughs> "'A good mistake. <laughs> "'Tis Mistress Abigail.' "'Enter Abigail.' "'Here are your drunken sots for you. "'Is this a time to be guzzling "'when gentry are coming to the house? "'Why don't you lay your cloth? "'How come you out of the stables? "'Why are not you at work in your garden?' Why, yonder's the fine Londoner, and Madam fetching a walk together, and me thought they looked as if they should say they had rather have my room than my company. And so, forsooth, being all three met together, we are doing our endeavours to drink this same drummer out of our heads. For you must know, Mistress Abigail, we are all of opinion that one can't be a match for him unless one be as drunk as a drum. I am resolved to give Madam Warning to hire herself another coachman, for I came to serve my master, d'ye see, while he was alive. But do suppose that he has no further occasion for a coach, now he walks. Truly, Mistress Abigail, I must needs say 
that this same spirit is a very odd sort of a body after all to fright madam and his old servants at this rate and truly mistress abigail i must needs say i served my master contentedly while he was living but i will serve no man living that is no man that is not living without double wages ay tis such cowards as you that go about with idle stories to disgrace the house and bring so many strangers about it you first frighten yourselves and then your neighbours frightened i scorn your words frightened quotha what you thought are you grown pot valiant frightened with a drum that's a good one it will do us no harm i'll answer for that it will bring no bloodshed along with it take my word it sounds as like a train-band drum as ever i heard in my life prithee peter don't be so presumptuous abigail aside well these drunken rogues take it as i could wish i scorn to be frightened now i'm in for it if old dub-a-dub should come into the room i would take him prithee hold thy tongue i would take him the drum beats the gardener endeavours to get off and falls speak to it mistress abigail spare my life and take all i have make off make off good butler and let us go hide ourselves in the cellar they all run off abigail sola <sighs> so now the coast is clear i may venture to call out my drummer but first let me shut the door lest we be surprised mr fantome mr fantome nay nay pray come out the enemy's fled i must speak with you immediately don't stay to be to parley the back scene opens and discovers phantom with a drum dear mistress nabby i have overheard all that has been said and find thou hast managed this thing so well that i could take thee in my arms and kiss thee if my drum did not stand in my way well oh my conscience you are the merriest ghost and the very picture of sir george truman there you flatter me mistress abigail sir george had that freshness in his looks that we men of the town cannot come up to oh death may have altered you you know besides you must consider you lost a great deal of blood in the battle ay that's right let me look never so pale this cut across my forehead will keep me in countenance <gasps> tis just such a one as my master received from a cursed french trooper as my lady's letter informed her it happens luckily that this suit of clothes of sir george's fits me so well i think i can't fail hitting the air of a man with whom i was so long acquainted you are the very man 
I bow almost start when I look upon you. But what good will this do me, if I must remain invisible? Pray, what good did your being visible do you? The fair Mr. Fantôme thought no woman could withstand him. But when you were seen by my lady in your proper person, after she had taken a full survey of you, and heard all the pretty things you could say, she very civilly dismissed you for the sake of this empty, noisy creature Tinsel. She fancies you have been gone from hence this fortnight. Why, really, I love thy lady so well, that though I had no hopes of gaining her for myself, I could not bear to see her given to another, especially to such a wretch as Tinsel. Well, tell me truly, Mr. Fantôme, have not you a great opinion of my fidelity to my dear lady, that I would not suffer her to be deluded in this manner, for less than a thousand pound? Thou art always reminding me of my promise. Thou shalt have it, if thou canst bring our project to bear. Dost not know that stories of ghosts and apparitions generally end in a pot of money? Why, truly now, Mr. Fantôme, I should think myself a very bad woman if I had done what I do for a farthing less. Dear Abigail, how I admire thy virtue. No, no, Mr. Fantôme. I defy the worst of my enemies to say I love mischief for mischief's sake. But is thy lady persuaded that I am the ghost of her deceased husband? I endeavour to make her believe so, and tell her every time your drum rattles that her husband is chiding her for entertaining this new lover. Prithee make use of all thy art, for I am tired to death with strolling round this wide old house like a rat behind a wainscot. Did not I tell you twas the purest place in the world for you to play your tricks in? There is none of the family that knows every hole and corner in it, besides myself. Ah, Mistress Abigail, you have had your intrigues. For you must know, when I was a romping young girl, I was a mighty lover of hide-and-seek. I believe by this time I am as well acquainted with the house as yourself. You are very much mistaken, Mr. Fantôme, but no matter for that. Here is to be your station to-night. This is the place unknown to any one living besides myself, since the death of the joiner, who, you must understand, being a lover of mine, contrived the wainscot to move to and fro in the manner that you find it. I designed it for a wardrobe for my lady's cast clothes. Oh, the stomachers, petticoats, commodes, laced shoes, and good things that I have had in it! Pray take care you don't break the cherry brandy bottle that stands up in the corner. Well, Mistress Abigail, I hire your closet of you, but for this one night. A thousand pound, you know, is a very good rent. Well, get you gone. You have such a way with you, there's no denying you anything. I'm thinking how Tinsel will stare when he sees me come out of the wall, for I am resolved to make my appearance to-night. Get you in, get you in. My lady's at the door. 
pray take care she does not keep me up so late as she did last night all depend upon it i'll beat the tattoo i'm undone i'm undone as he is going in mr fantome mr fantome you have put a thousand pound bond into my brother's hands thou shalt have it i tell thee thou shalt have it phantom goes in no more words vanish vanish enter lady truman abigail opening the door oh dear madam was it you that made such a knocking <sighs> my heart does so beat i vow you have frighted me to death i thought verily it had been the drummer i have been showing the garden to mr tinsel he's most insufferably witty upon us about this story of the drum indeed madam he's a very loose man i'm afraid tis he that hinders my poor master from resting in his grave well an infidel is such a novelty in the country that i am resolved to divert myself a day or two at least with the oddness of his conversation ah madam the drum began to beat in the house as soon as ever this creature was admitted to visit you all the while mr fantome made his addresses to you there was not a mouse stirring in the family more than used to be lady truman aside this baggage has some design upon me more than i can yet discover mr phantom was always thy favourite ay and should have been yours too by my consent mr phantom was not such a slight fantastic thing as this is mr phantom was the best-built man one should see in a summer's day mr phantom was a man of honour and loved you poor soul how has he sighed when he has talked to me of my hard-hearted lady well i had as lief as a thousand pound you would marry mr phantom to tell thee truly i loved him well enough till i found he loved me so much but mr tinsel makes his court to me with so much neglect and indifference and with such an agreeable sauciness not that i say i'll marry him marry him quotha no if you should you'll be awakened sooner than married couples generally are you quickly have a drum at your window lady truman aside i'll hide my contempt of tinsel for once if it be but to see what this wench drives at why suppose your husband after this fair warning he has given you should sound you an alarm at midnight then open your curtains with a face as pale as my apron and cry out with a hollow voice what dost thou in bed with this spindle-shanked fellow why wilt thou needs have it to be my husband he never had any reason to be offended at me i always loved him while he was living and should prefer him to any man were he so still mr tinsel is indeed very idle in his talk but i fancy abigail a discreet woman might reform him that's a likely matter indeed did you ever hear of a woman who had power over a man when she was his wife that had none while she was his mistress oh there's nothing in the world improves a man in his complaisance like marriage he is indeed at present too familiar in his conversation familiar madam in troth he's downright rude but that you know abigail shows that he has no dissimulation in him then he is apt to jest a little too much upon grave subjects grave subjects he jests upon the church but that you know abigail may be only to show his wit then it must be owned he is extremely talkative talkative do you call it he's downright impertinent 
but that you know abigail is a sign he has been used to good company then indeed he is very positive positive why he contradicts you in everything you say but then you know abigail he has been educated in the inns of court a blessed education indeed it has made him forget his catechism you talk as if you hated him you talk as if you loved him hold your tongue here he comes enter tinsel my dear widow abigail aside my dear widow mary come up let him alone abigail so long as he does not call me my dear wife there's no harm done i have been most ridiculously diverted since i left you your servants have made a convert of my booby his head is so filled with this foolish story of a drummer that i expect the rogue will be afraid hereafter to go upon a message by moonlight ah mr tinsel what a loss of billet doux would that be to many a fine lady then you still believe this to be a foolish story i thought my lady had told you that she had heard it herself <laughs> why you would not persuade us out of our senses <laughs> abigail aside there's manners for you madam admirably rallied that laugh is unanswerable now i'll be hanged if you could forbear being witty upon me if i should tell you i heard it no longer ago than last night fancy but what if i should tell you my maid was with me vapours vapours pray my dear widow will you answer me one question had you ever this noise of a drum in your head all the while your husband was living and pray mr tinsel will you let me ask you another question do you think we can hear in the country as well as you do in town believe me madam i could prescribe you a cure for these imaginations don't tell my lady of imaginations sir i have heard it myself hark thee child art thou not an old maid sir if i am it is my own fault whims freaks megrims indeed mistress abigail mary sir by your talk one would believe you thought everything that was good is a megrim why truly i don't very well understand what you meant by your doctrine to me in the garden just now that everything we saw was made by chance a very pretty subject indeed for a lover to divert his mistress with but i suppose that was only a taste of the conversation you would entertain me with after marriage oh i shall then have time to read you such lectures of motions atoms and nature that you shall learn to think as freely as the best of us and be convinced in less than a month that all about us is chance work you are a very complacent person indeed and so you would make your court to me by persuading me that i was made by chance <laughs> well said my dear why faith thou wert a very lucky hit that's certain pray mr tinsel where did you learn this odd way of talking ah widow tis your country innocence makes you think it an odd way of talking though you give no credit to stories of apparitions i hope you believe there are such things as spirits simplicity i fancy you don't believe women have souls do you sir foolish enough i vow mr tinsel i'm afraid malicious people will say i'm in love with an atheist oh my dear that's an old-fashioned word i'm a free-thinker child i'm sure you are a free-speaker really mr tinsel considering that you are so fine a gentleman i am amazed where you got all this learning i wonder it has not spoiled your breeding 
to tell you the truth i have not time to look into these dry matters myself but i am convinced by four or five learned men whom i sometimes overhear at a coffee-house i frequent that our forefathers were a pack of asses that the world has been in an error for some thousands of years and that all the people upon earth excepting those two or three worthy gentlemen are imposed upon cheated bubbled abused bamboozled madam how can you hear such a profligate he talks like the london prodigal why really i'm a-thinking if there be no such things as spirits a woman has no occasion for marrying she need not be afraid to lie by herself ah my dear a husband's good for nothing but to frighten away spirits dost thou think i could not instruct thee in several other comforts of matrimony ah but you are a man of so much knowledge that you would always be laughing at my ignorance you learned men are so apt to despise one no child i teach thee my principles thou shouldst be as wise as i am in a week's time do you think your principles would make a woman the better wife prithee widow don't be queer i love a gay temper but i would not have you rally things that are serious well enough faith where's the jest of rallying anything else abigail aside ah oh, madam did you ever hear mr fantome talk at this rate but where's this ghost this son of a horror drummer i'd fain hear him methinks pray madam don't suffer him to give the ghost such ill language especially when you have reason to believe it is my master that's well enough faith nab dost thou think thy master is so unreasonable as to continue his claim to his relict after his bones are laid pray widow remember the words of your contract you have fulfilled them to a tittle did not you marry sir george to the tune of till death us do part lady truman aside i must not hear sir george's memory treated in so slight a manner this fellow must have been at some pains to make himself such a finished coxcomb give me but possession of your person and i'll whirl you up to town for a winter and cure you at once oh i have known many a country lady come to london with frightful stories of a whole house being haunted of fairies spirits and witches that by the time she had seen a comedy played at an assembly and ambled in a ball or two has been so little afraid of bugbears that she has ventured home in a chair at all hours of the night abigail aside hum sauce-box tis the solitude of the country that creates these whimsies there was never such a thing as a ghost heard of at london except in the playhouse oh we'd pass all our time in london tis a scene of pleasure and diversions where there's something to amuse you every hour of the day life's not life in the country well then you have an opportunity of showing the sincerity of that love to me which you profess you may give a proof that you have an affection to my person not my jointure your jointure how can you think me such a dog but child won't your jointure be the same thing in london as in the country no you are deceived you must know it is settled on me by marriage articles on condition that i live in this old mansion-house and keep it up in repair how that's well put madam why faith i have been looking upon this house and think it is the prettiest habitation i ever saw in my life ay but then this cruel drum 
something so venerable in it ay but the drum for my part i like this gothic way of building better than any of your new orders it would be a thousand pities it should fall to ruin ay but the drum how pleasantly we two could pass our time in this delicious situation our lives would be a continued dream of happiness come faith widow let's go upon the leads and take a view of the country ay but the drum the drum my dear take my word for it tis all fancy besides should he drum in thy very bedchamber i should only hug thee the closer clasped in the folds of love i'd meet my doom and act my joys though thunder shook the room End of Act 1